I'll might need my glasses, we'll see. Um, I've had a rough week this week. It's been a sort of a mixed week. And I want to share part of it, really, before we go into the, to God's Word. Wednesday, um, we took date day on Wednesday. We went down to Leicester and um, sat in Kay's mum's flat. And Kay's mum was there, the three girls, uh, and another son-in-law and myself. And um, for those of you who don't know, Kay's mum has just gone into a home. And she's handled that part of things really, really well. And it could have been a big struggle. She's been quite unwell recently, and um, it was just horrible. Um, Not horrible as in the girls were fighting over stuff, possessions or money or any, any of that nonsense. It was horrible seeing what... Just seeing someone you care for have to go through while um, she's condensing down from a flat into this room, really, and deciding what is important. Uh, and, of course, I'm stood there, or sat there, uh, and I can't really decide what stuff is, what's to happen with the stuff. Um, but seeing some of the happy memories from from Kay's childhood and just things like that, you know. But the overwhelming morning, afternoon as well, was horrible. And as we came away, we travelled up the M1, and um, we just we were sort of numb with what it had to do and we've got to go down again and and finish that job off when I tell you that that actually turned out to be the highlight of the day you can see why I say I've never been so shattered as I was last Wednesday since my wife left me that's not Kay that's the other one just for for those because I know there's some people in the room forget names so in, in nearly 16, 17 years I've never had a day like Wednesday. Well, um, Friday, I went to see my girls. Um, one of the girls' husbands in Melbourne, and uh, she said, "Would you come up, Dad? Just take us out, um, and uh, you know, just look after the boys with me." So yeah, okay. Friday, I went up, took the day off, got permission from the boss. Went up, had a fantastic day. Absolutely, the exact opposite of what Wednesday was. And um, we finished the, the day with a meal, and, I've, and um, I'm looking at these two beautiful young ladies, and my mind went to Wednesday, and I'm thinking of Kay's mum looking at her three beautiful girls, and how sad and how quick life can flow, and it does, you know, it just it just goes, and then I'm thinking, and you can't help your mind running away. I'm thinking, one day these two will be picking over maybe my stuff. And what actually is important in life? What really is important? Well, I know the other. I know the younger one is quite practical. She often talks about inheritance, so she'll deal with it fine. The older one, you know, she's more sentimental, and she pastors a church of four hundred people with her husband, and. Um, they know where dad's going and, and you know that, that, that's not it it's just it's just the emotion of the day and what a contrast you know Friday I could have walked on water Wednesday 
I could have stayed in bed. And the problem is, often in life, no, let me correct that, always in life, it's full of Wednesdays. There's not one person in this room that doesn't have a Wednesday. We love the Fridays, don't we? We really love the Fridays, but we all experience Wednesdays. And it's what we do on the Wednesday that gets us to the Friday. How do you handle it? What, where's your roots? And, and where do we go with it? Well, I'm here this morning to say this, look, you know. God's asking you not to live on a Wednesday. They'll come. God's not asking you to live on a Friday. He wants to live on a Sunday. Because Sunday changes everything. Sunday is the day he defeated death and rose from the grave. And how often on the Wednesdays we forget that actually Sunday's coming. It's always coming, you know. And, it, and let me just nail this down. There, it's okay to feel rubbish. It's, it's actually quite, you know, we're made of emotions and actually... There are some days you've just got to get through and hang in there. And, and it hurts like hell. It really does. And, you know, whether that's circumstances, people, life, whatever it is, it really, really kicks you in the teeth. That's okay. It's what you do while you're going through that. You know, I got up this morning and um, I was talking to God. He's still alive, so that's good news, isn't it? I, w- I was talking with him, and I, as I 99 out of 100 times do, I invite him to come and fill me with his presence on a morning. And he came. And you, you, you cannot put a value on knowing God's presence. When you know how much he actually loves you, and, and learn to cultivate that, that actually everything changes. I'm sat on my little sofa in our little house, communing with the creator of the world. Wednesdays will come again. Fridays will come again. But I want to live in Sunday. I want to live on a Sunday. How then do we live on a Sunday? Well, I put a little PowerPoint on to remind us before we go into the text. If you can show the PowerPoint for me, Graham, please. And as is my want with PowerPoint, I have a little play. Put them up and I'll read them out, mate. This is what we've learned so far. You see, we're, we're in chapter 3 of Colossians now. And the way that the, the Apostle Paul always writes is he puts doctrine down. Okay, Doctrine is knowledge of God. He explains to the people he's writing to, this is your God. But after he's done doctrine, he always gives application. He always says, because of this, and this is truth, now you do this. He always does it the same way. You read any of Paul's letters, he will say, this is our God, because of that, now behave like this. This is what he's told the church so far. The Father has qualified us, 
That's you and I to share in the inheritance of the saints. Do you know today you are a saint if you are a believer? A saint. The world might call you all sorts of things. Some people will forget. From now on, you are Saint Kenneth of Killamarsh. Next one. He has rescued us. That's God rescued us from the dominion of darkness. There was a time in your life that you and I lived in utter darkness. We didn't even know any better. When there's an absence of light, actually you think you're walking through light and it's total black. If Jesus has opened your eyes today, he has taken you from the dominion, and that word implies that you were oppressed, someone was in charge of you, you're dictating your very behaviour, whatever that form that took in, and you're in utter darkness. But he rescued us. Look. He took us out of it. Next one. We have the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Redeemed. We studied this word. Am I fading on the mic? Oh, sorry, John. I'm getting excited, Anna. Because I'm in Sunday. I'm in Sunday mood. I'm in Sunday mood. We have the redemption, the forgiveness of sin. I can pray for healing at the end anyway, so that don't, that's, don't worry about that. Redeemed, bought back, purchased, taken out of the slave market, and the forgiveness of sins. All our past is washed away. Aren't you glad? Even our present and future sins are dealt with. A blank piece of paper. A blank piece of paper. What are you going to do with your blank piece of paper? You get to write your future on it. You get to write it. He's brought us into the kingdom of his son. Not only has he taken us out of the dominion of darkness, now he then puts us into a different kingdom. You can see why he wants us to live on a Sunday. He wants us to know all this stuff and for this stuff, which is factual, present tense, all this, as he wants us to uh, have some effect in how we behave. Next one. See, I thought that would be impressive. Uh, just to keep you awake, look. Actually, I did it by accident and couldn't get it off. <laughs> Move on, because I'm visionary. Next one. Uh, well, I couldn't get that rid of as well. It's a funny thing, PowerPoint. Matt's a lot better at it. We're still in chapter one. He, that's Jesus, holds all things together. Everything, including you and me. We are alive today. We are held together today because he is saying it's staying together. Do you know there's a time in history to come when he will just say that's enough. It served its purpose. I'll let it go. And it will all just dissolve. It will all just disappear. This world that we live in is not it. It's not it. Next one. 
I've shown off now. By him all things were created. Not only does he hold them together, but he created everything. We were reading Psalm 19 this morning. And it speaks about the heavens declaring the glory of the Lord. And Kay, cut down version is, it's not out of pea soup. Next one. Through Jesus we have been reconciled. Reconciliation is a big thing in in the Bible. We have been brought close to God. Making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He died on the Friday. He rose on the Sunday. Can we live on a Sunday? Can we really live with that knowledge? Can we let that affect everything? But it gets even better. Last one. Or maybe two more. Go on. We are now presented holy, without blemish, free from accusation. Volunteer? Are you people of faith today? Without blemish. Are you nervous? <laughs> Presented holy. How do we see Ken? Top man. Yeah, go and sit down. Yeah. Occasionally. <laughs> Saint Kenneth. Can we learn to say Saint Kenneth? Can we practice? Saint Kenneth. Can you say to your husband, Good morning, Saint do you want to have a go? Have a go. <laughs> well, your husband will step into your world. Go ahead. There you go, look. Fantastic. Do you feel like saints? Do you feel holy without accusation, without blemish? I didn't on Wednesday. I felt rubbish on Wednesday. And sometimes when the Wednesdays happen... You forget this stuff. And you only get it back, assuming it's there in the first place, by the way, you only get it back when you actually pull away, get alone. And by that, I mean, even, even with Kay, I can't do it as much as I can do it with just me and God. When I actually get alone with God... And our routine is, when Kay's not a, on an early shift, is I always say to her, I bring her a coffee, pass her a Bible, and she needs that time vertical. It's out of that that everything is and flows and draws us closer together. If I cut that off, if I impinge on that, then actually, in a strange sort of way, it robs me. We've learnt that. It's a lesson for all of us. What changes everything is this next one. The last one before we go into the scriptures. Christ in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. How often in life we don't live like that. How often we actually forget the very basics that actually when we were saved, he came and dwelt inside of us. Forever. Like, you know, get your head around that. You'll never will, but try it. It'll give you a headache. 
Why would he do all that for us? Why would he do it all? But he did. And it's not as though we don't know that we're not very holy. That we know our sins, don't we? Some of them. But it wasn't dependent on you on you or me. It was dependent on him because he chose us. He decided before the world was created. Who's going to be his child? Who's going to respond to this offer of love and forgiveness? Because all that do respond to that offer of love and forgiveness become saints, holy people, set apart. So that's a reminder of where we go. Let's go into chapter 3 and verse 1, please. Since. You could translate that word as therefore. In other words, all that I've said before now, as I'm writing this letter, if you've understood that, it's got to have some impact in how we go. Since then you have been raised with Christ. That's a funny thing to look at. Being raised with Christ. We know Christ rose from the dead on the Sunday. But in some way, we raised with him. We are seated in heaven now. Some part of us is actually in heaven. Didn't feel like that on a Wednesday. It felt very real. But this is how you learn to do it. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And the next verse will be set your minds. And we were talking about this at the beginning of the week. How on earth do you set your mind and set your heart? And so when I go into the language, it's called a present imperative. It means you do it now and you keep on doing it. Let me say this again. You do it now and you keep on doing it. Set your hearts on things above. All your emotions. On Wednesday, sat in a room while they dismantled a lady's life, who I care very much for. My heart was very much broken. But in the back of my mind, I'm hearing God's voice. Come on, set your heart on heaven. This is not the end of Dorothy. Not the end of Dorothy. Dorothy is God's child. She's been a great mum, hasn't she? A great example to her girls. And later on on Wednesday, when the pain came, set your hearts on things above. Set your hearts on things above. And keep on setting. There is not a moment as we go through life that that scripture doesn't need to be remembered. Verse 2. Set your mind. Set and keep on setting. Life will kick you in the teeth and sometimes you'll feel like setting your mind on other things. And you've got to learn this skill of bringing your thoughts back to him. Wherever your mind will take you. We have a wonderful grow saying. Who's going to give me the wonderful grow saying? I'll pick on Beverly. Diggum. 
dig them out. See, that's what we teach in Grow. Dig the thoughts out. The wrong when the wrong thoughts come in and they come, dig them out. Recognize them. Crowd them out. What would you like to crowd them out with? Crowd them out with God. Weed them out. If we can learn to do that, then even when life is difficult and all the turmoil that's going on, let me tell you something. God promises some peace. And it's amazing. He'll promise peace amongst chaos. I still felt rough, you know, even knowing this stuff. It still hurt. But it didn't crush me totally. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Well, I felt very much alive. But in some mysterious way, it is as though I'm already there. It means I'm hidden and safe in him. There's nothing I can do to lose that. I can't do any action that will stop God loving me. My salvation, my saving, if you like, is down to him, not down to me. I don't have to strive, I don't have to struggle. And when I mess up, I can put my hands up and say, do you know what, I didn't behave as well as I maybe should have done on Wednesday. But I'm going to live on a Sunday. How about this one? When Christ, who is your life, your zoe, the very essence of who you are, is wrapped up in Jesus. If you're his child, then actually everything flows from him. Your fulfillment, your existence is all in him. And one day, he's going to appear. Now there's a thought, and it might be a bit confusing for some people. The Bible speaks quite clearly that Jesus will return to earth. Actually, he comes twice. The first time he won't touch the earth, the first time he will be in the sky, and he will take away the bride off the earth. That's us. That could happen today. Do you know what? I wish it happened on Wednesday afternoon. Absolutely could have really gone for it on Wednesday. Friday, I might have been thinking, well, today's a good day, actually. Can I, you know, hang on till Saturday? Let me enjoy this. But it's not dependent on you or I. There is a point in time where he will remove the bride. That's us. There's another time when actually he will come again and he will come in judgment. And he will come down to earth and all eyes will see him. We've looked at some of these passages quite recently. And, and you know, when this was written 2,000 years ago, I mean, they didn't even know things like America and Australia and those sort of things existed. But it says every eye will see him, every tongue will confess. That they will, this is not going to be hidden. This is going to happen supernaturally. And I'm sat off opposite my daughter on Friday having tea, and she turns her iPhone to me and says, look where Ben is. And she's got a little marker on her iPhone that tells her how many miles away he is in, in Melbourne. A little iPhone on, on the son, the, her son's iPhone which tells you which street he's in. It tracks him wherever he goes so she can look at the phone. Every eye? No? Absolutely. The technology already exists. He can come at any time. 
Or what about this? You also will appear with him. There is a time in the future when he will return and he's bringing you with him. Now that might be really confusing for some new believers in the room. See me later. But you know, we need to teach this stuff because this is a reality of who we actually serve. He can come at any time and I mean he can come before I even finish this sermon. Some of you might be thinking, come on. I don't mind. There's no pastors in heaven. You also will appear with him in glory. There is a time when we will come with our Jesus back to earth and all those people who said he didn't exist, all those people who rejected his love will see us with him and we can go, told you. Come on. Now there's something you've got to do. You see, so far I've spoken a lot about what he's done but there are actually some things you and I need to do. This is one of them. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, you do it. I can't do it. I've got my own issues to put to, put to death. The problem is, it don't die. It keeps rearing up inside of us. This is your sin nature that exists. And if you ever want to know whether you've got a sin nature, I always say, ask your spouse. They're generally the ones who see most of it. You know, Paul could write, and he's writing this, but he writes in Romans chapter 6 about knowing the good he should do and still doing the wrong. And you, I think most people in the room can identify with that. Even knowing what I should do sometimes doesn't mean I automatically do it. I go through life and I think, why on earth did I do that? And then I remember, I have this nature within which I've got to keep fighting Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Sex. A lot about sex in the Bible, isn't there? God invented it in the right way and blesses it in the right way, which is within a marital relationship only. Anything outside marriage is sexual immorality. And Paul is writing, there is no room for it in, in Christianity. And you stop it. Not him. He'll help you. Impurity, lust. I tell people in Grow, you are not responsible for thoughts that come into your head, but you are very responsible for what happens next. If you dwell on it, it will take you down a path. Easy way is, recognise it, deal with it, get rid of it. Remember the PowerPoint. Remember who you are. A child of God, a saint, holy, forgiven. One day, verse 6 comes into play because of these things. And you know, idols, in that culture, an idol was, was um, a false god. They would go to different temples. They would worship things we know, now no longer exist. But we have idols in this, in this life today. An idol is anything you put before God. And I mean anything. K could easily be my idol. I won't let it be. But I, because I recognise I could make her in front of God. If I did that, that would elevate K 
and destroy who I am. Don't have idols. Well, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. One day, judgment happens. One day, it will be happening. We don't like to think so much on those passages. But one day, it is held account. Verse 7. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. There is not one person in this room that doesn't have history. Some of you, you make me laugh, you know. Some of you tell me things and you think, he's not like that. I could make some of your hair curl. 14 years in the Navy, some of them that have got hair, you know. Yeah, we've got pictures of it. 14 years of going around the world. Another 14, another 20 maybe in in business, self-employed. Do you think I've always been like this? Even I didn't like the other person. No wonder the other wife left. Maybe if I'd lived up to the person I should have been, she'd still be here. Okay, he's not offended by that. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But somewhere along that path, you make a decision. And you say, do you know what? I don't have to be that person anymore. Christ lives in me. I can choose. I can put this to death and be a new person. I can do that. I've done it. The bad news is I have to keep doing it. I have to get up. And even in the afternoon, even this afternoon, I will have to put to death something that lurks within me. You can't do it for me. Move on, Graham, please. And something else we've got to do. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger. Do you know, I went to... um, I'll confess. I'll be a bit... You you listen to my sin. Watch this. Kay Kay will confirm this. I used to be an angry person. When we first met, I used to be really angry. I could have had a heart attack at any moment. I had two, don't forget. So that they, those chickens came home to roost, literally. I went to a sermon, to a service in Langold, and Glenn Balfour was preaching. And he preached on this passage. And I realised for the first time, and I must have read it dozens of times, but I realised this for the first time, that I could actually do something about my anger. Not him do something about my anger. I'd, I'd done those prayers... But actually, that afternoon, I actually stopped being as angry as ever. And it just changed. And Glenn will never know that. Maybe I should have told him. But actually, I heard for the first time, stop it. You make a decision, and with my help, you can stop it. And I did. Does it mean I never get angry? Do you know on Easter Sunday, when that bomb in Pakistan went off, and in the park and killed a lot of people. You need to be angry. There's a time when there's a right anger and there's a time when there's a wrong anger. We've got kids here today. If someone touched one of those kids, you don't need to come and ask my permission to smack them. Not the kids, the person who does the... Just, for clar- just so that one person gets the clarity, you know. Righteous anger is right anger. But how much of nonsense do we actually drag around with and explode at the, the wrong time over the daftest things. 
Rid yourself of it. Make a decision today and say, I'm not going to be that person anymore. I'm going to stop being angry. I'm going to let Christ come out of me. Rage. Have you been around anyone who's got rage? That's where you, the anger doesn't just burst out, it smoulders along. And then it will pop out and explode. Ever seen a guy jump up and down? I've seen one person in my life. It's quite funny, you know, like a cartoon. <laughs> I walked away laughing. Anyway, malice, slander, filthy language. Stop swearing. Stop destroying people. All this stuff tears down. We're not to be those people. We don't have to be those people. It's great to be around people who build you up. You know, they're a pleasure. The world will kick you. And it did on Wednesday. But, you know, as a church family, we're called to love and care. Not, how are you? I'm not really bothered. Actually, how are you? Can I help? How are you? Do you need a hug? How are you? Do you need a listening ear? Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices. It, the illustration that Paul's doing is, it's like putting, taking clothes off and putting clothes on. If you've got dirty clothes on, if you've fallen in the dirty fish pond like Graham's, right, you'd, you'd, you'd take that off, wouldn't you? Right? And put on new, clean clothes. Well, that's what we're supposed to do with our characters. Take it off your old self. Don't walk around naked. It's not that sort of church, right? Put on your new self. Walk in the person that Jesus tells you you are. Learn about the person that Jesus tells you you are. You learn. I, I know who I am. Make an effort. Put some study in. Put some time in. Practice it. Get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be joyful today. The world's going to kick and scream at you. But I'm going to remember who dwells within me. And just what I've got. It, you, some days it will hurt. Well, look, okay. Wednesday's come. Friday's come. But choose to live on a Sunday. You try it. Which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. We're back to the Bible. That is a precious book full of the knowledge of God which he calls us to, to, to learn and study and absorb. If you do that, you've got something to pull out of. I've got a lot of knowledge. That's not being boastful. I've dedicated my life that way. On a Wednesday, I've got a deep well to draw from. I've got a great partner who also has a lot of knowledge and who walks the talk, who can come alongside me and say, come on, let's pray. Let's encourage each other. Let's forgive. By the way, just for clarity, there's no issue between us two. There's something else. <laughs> but we both went through Wednesday. And we can encourage and exhort. Because ultimately, look. You're being renewed in the image of your creator. We are all made in God's image. All of us. And hasn't he got a sense of humour? 
Let that dwell in a little bit. I've got pictures of Vicky. <laughs> but what about, you know, when we come into a room? Do you know Jesus is coming into the room? <laughs> She's gone. Do you know when you go to work, Jesus is going to work? You are, you are carrying him with you. I like the fact, I know, listen, I can look back over my life and I can know that actually my, peop- my personality, my being is becoming more like Jesus. Occasionally Jesus was angry. I still get angry now and then. I think now I get angry at at the right things, whereas before I just got angry. I got on Friday, I I had the privilege of looking across the dining table to my two daughters. I'm the only person in the world that that they call dad. You know, and I go, yes. And they're beautiful. And they're mine. And there's some of me in those two. And every now and then I see it coming out of them. And I love them dearly. And then I remember this. Jesus loves me so much more than I love my girls. Jesus loves me so much more. And Wednesday suddenly is Wednesday. And I'm in a Sunday. I'm in a Sunday. Jesus loves you. Move it on. There is no room... In a church for any discrimination. And I mean any. He wrote it this way. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Gail made me laugh. On Friday she was telling me, they've got a few posh people in their church. Lord and Lady and um, someone who's on TV and, you know, quite wealthy and prim and proper and she said it's hilarious she sticks him in the home group with someone who's poor deliberately who doesn't have anything or needs a lift all the time and doesn't bring anything and, and she said it's fascinating because they've got to get on my daughter's got that side of a dad's nature because of that do you know there is no difference between anyone in this room We are all made in his image. It saddens me. Actually, we don't have any Chinese. We don't have any uh, coloured people or whatever. But I believe one day we will. I hate churches that are this way or that way or whatever because it is not reflecting him. And this is the good news for you. You've got to get on with each other, so you may as well start now. So all of you, that's Mrs. Torrens. Who used to be rich before she bought a food bank? <laughs> Next one. Oh, used to know. I'm sorry, Ken. <laughs> Here, look at this. Shall I go on? One more? I'll finish it on this one. Therefore, all that has been said by Paul, everything that is actually detailed to them, and they're sat there, and someone is reading this out to that to that first church. Therefore. And I'll, t- I'll make it personal. Has God's chosen people. As God's chosen people. 
holy and dearly loved. That's you today. These words, receive them with the spirit that it is given. Clothe yourselves, put something on with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Doesn't sound like church, does it? Go on, it, it is church. It is actually church. Put it on you today. Let it shine. Let Jesus shine out of you. Live on a Sunday.